1: It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores a golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better.
0: Everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. As you know, this is the show where we talk to a lot of interesting people in the world of golf. A lot of them I know personally, some of them I don't. This one I happen to know very well personally. Um, Henry Childs, him and his father, Hank, run the Rose City Golf Course in Portland. It's a it's a very Lovely course. Um, it's an older course and it's really cool. And the clubhouse is very cool. Also, I want to thank the folks almost forgot from Ben Hogan Golf, home of the Ben Hogan Demo Program. No risk, no obligation. Check it out on at online at benhogangolf.com. Henry, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: Good. I haven't seen you in a while. So I have,
2: not, I know it's been a couple
0: months. You've been busy.
2: It has been busy, you know. The uh, seasons we were just talking about—the seasons are changing, so the weather's getting a little bit nicer, and just getting ready for, you know, golf season to start. It's been—it's been good.
0: It's been. I noticed you're you're growing a little mustache and a little stubble there. You,
2: yeah. You know, what happens is I, 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 I'll I shave into a mustache and then I get so lazy that my beard will grow out for a few weeks and then I'll feel motivated one day to shave my beard again.
0: I do the same thing, and, and I've really gotten bad at it since we don't go into the studio, actual studios, much anymore, and we do it from home. I mean, yeah. the, the days we're not recording, I walk around here like Grizzly Adams, you know, <laughs>
2: have
0: small animals sitting on my shoulder, you know, yeah. storing uh, storing peanuts and stuff in my beard, but yeah. Um, yeah so a couple of things i wanted to chat with you about today henry uh first of all you and your father are in a very unique situation where you manage and lease actually uh the golf course per se from um, a major metropolitan area uh beings here the city of portland and and you guys bid for the rights and to run it and all that. And you've been doing it for a long time. Your father's been doing it for a long time. You kind of came on board the last few years. What is that process like?
2: Well, we have a great relationship with this, with the city of Portland and Portland Parks and Recreation. Sure. Um, You know, Vincent Johnson, the director of golf for the city uh, is so great to work with. Um, you know, what we do is like you said, we, um, essentially we are contracted to for the clubhouse operations. So we, um, uh, we control everything from obviously like the tea sheets, um, to the restaurant inside the clubhouse, to, uh, the power carts that we own, um, to tournaments that we run, you know, all of that is run by us by um, uh, Hank Child's Golf Shop. Sure. uh, Um, And then all of the grounds crew um, and maintenance um, of the course and of the building, um, the clubhouse um, is done by Portland Parks and Recreation.
0: Do you have actual maintenance people that are there on staff every day or do they rotate? Cause the city owns a handful of courses. Do they rotate between courses or are there some assigned specifically to Rose city?
2: There are, uh, we don't really have, you know, specific assignments for uh, you know, like maintenance workers to come in. It's, yeah. you know, we, we contact Portland parks and rec if there's something needs to be done um, you know, immediately or sometime in the near future, if it wasn't like something that was needed to be done, or we were hoping that, you know, have it, have it done soon enough. Right. Um, so, so they have a team of folks that would, you know, um, come out and do something if needed.
0: I'm talking about like mowing and, and seeding oh, seating and that this uh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. ongoing all the time.
2: Yes. Yeah. So we have um, grounds crew, you know, there are grounds crew folks that work strictly at Rose city Um. Uh, and uh, Kathy Hoff is our superintendent who came on um, in August of last year. She came over from East and mm-hmm. Redtail. And so she is now at Rose City and Colwood and uh, she is fantastic. I mean, her reputation um, already, you know, is we knew that she was going to be outstanding and already her influence has uh, really made a difference at Rose City the first you know, six months that she's um, been around, but she's great.
0: That's what inspired you to change the logo on your sweatshirt. I know.
2: (laughs) Yes. This is like one of the, one of the old logos that was made. I don't even know when Um, it was on some older uh, gear and some older stuff that uh, I found. And so, yeah, we made a new sweatshirt.
0: Um, How is your father, by the way? He's great. He's good. He had his back surgery or whatever.
2: Yeah. He had like a spinal ablation. So, or a nerval nerve ablation. So they kind of, I do not know the specifics (laughs) of it, but I think they go in and like zap some nerves in his back. And that kind of helps relieve some of the tension and the pain. Um, He usually tries. I mean, he's had it done a few times before and the effects of it. The benefits last for, a while. So that helps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not something that's unknown to golfers, especially very good golfers who me, I hit and giggle, you know, but but golfers like your dad who actually played on many tours and things like that there, you can get some, you can get some sore backs out of that deal.
2: Yeah. Oh, very much. Well, and he played college baseball. So, you know, go before he even touched a golf club. You know, he played baseball most of his life, and basketball, and football. But he, baseball was his sport, and you know his shoulders. His shoulders were just. I mean, I think he's had four shoulder surgeries. So, uh, because he was a pitcher, so you know he uh, he was kind of beat up going into it. But uh, you know, he's good. He's good. Other than that, he can play golf, so he's fine.
0: What do you buy him a case of Advil for Christmas or something? (laughs) I mean, come on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the stocking stuffer.
0: That's the stocking stuffer.
2: The Costco uh, size. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Costco size, bring it on a pallet and then you Mm -hmm. can, you can go from there. (laughs) What's the, um, uh, what's your schedule like? I mean, you've had a uh, create a different career. You came by a different path, even though you grew up in the child's household and you, you know, eventually you work for the Oregon golf association. Then you went to work back with your dad. Uh, We've talked about that previously, but I mean, what does somebody in your position do all day? Let's just put it that way.
2: Sure. So, you know, my schedule kind of differs with the seasons and the, um, you know what it's like outside so yeah. during during the winter um you know pr- pretty much when daylight saving time savings time ends to when it begins again so between you know early november through middle of march um i spend a lot of time in the pro shop working in the pro shop um just because it's not as busy um you know we kind of we try and save some money because obviously there's not as many golfers right. and you know there are days where there might not be one single person on the golf course. <laughs> so yeah. um so I spend a lot of time um working in the pro shop um this time of year but also planning for 2022 golf season. So a lot of getting a lot of tournaments books, booked working with all of our leagues. I mean we have probably a dozen different leagues that play at Rose city. So that's been, you know, um, just busy scheduling those and having conversations with any sort of conflicts. And then once we get to, you know, spring and March and April and may, I kind of split my time between working in the pro shop because I do like to be in front of, I like to be in front of folks. Uh, I'm a people person. So I really enjoy being there and welcoming people. I know like, you know, half the people that come in, I know by a first name basis, probably. Um, But I also have the other other half of the time I spend my time, you know, either preparing for events that we're having or preparing for tournaments or, um, you know, just doing general daily, um, you know, things that, um, you know, are directly involved with, you know, staffing and schedules and making sure we have, you know, our crew ready to go for the season when it gets super busy. Um, The the business
0: into the daily business.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Mm Yeah. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green on AM 860. The answer KSEY and Wichita Falls, the Golf News Net, and a couple other ones, WEEU back in Pennsylvania. So I think we got them all covered now, finally. So we'll be back here on Grilling at the Green on the answer in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on uh, all that stuff I said before we went to the break. am 60, the answer in Portland, KSEY in Wichita Falls, Golf News Net. Um, the new app for Golf News Net, which will be the Golf News Net radio network. Uh, I haven't talked to, uh, to Ryan, so I don't know the ac- actual launch date, but it's coming up. And don't forget, we've got the Portland Golf Show coming up in about a month, and we will be there grilling at the green will be there this year i've got a little booth and uh i'll have a little toy microphone and all that stuff so we'll be there maybe we'll see henry there um if you'd like to email us it's very simple this golf at salem PDX.com. you can find us on facebook and twitter and and all of that so there i think i covered everything now henry <laughs> do you actually get to play golf anymore? You know, I know you play with, with my team of cutthroats on occasion in some of these charity tournaments, but do you actually get to go out and, you know, play a few holes or nine holes on occasion?
2: Yeah. I, I try to play once a week. That's kind of my, my baseline goal. That's usually to the extent of how much I'll play, Um, but just to stay loose and get outside one day a week is just, uh, perfect for me, and then you know, obviously, this time of year, winter, you know, when it's slower, it actually gives me a little bit more time to, um, you know, maybe practice or play a little bit more. Because um, the, when the weather turns nice, it is very busy. So I, sometimes yeah. that can sometimes I can go, you know, a while without playing. That time, um, you know, when it's a little busier, but I try to play once a week. That's kind of my my baseline.
0: Okay, so. When you talk about working in the pro shop and and Henry's telling you the truth, he is very much a people person. He's very congenial and fun to be around and all that. A couple of things about the pro shop. Uh, How far in advance do you have to plan for seasonal, um, whether it's clothing, shoes, clubs? Um, I'll let you answer that one. Then I've got a follow-up.
2: Usually... Um, usually six months at least. Um, and that's been kind of a little bit different this year, especially just with all of the, uh, shipping issues that have been going on with the supply chain. Um, you know, it's been, uh, you know, obviously some things are just not going to get there in time. Um, so, you know, we usually have it on a scheduled basis, you know, every couple months we'll get like a ball shipment, um, every, A couple months, we'll get um, some clothing shipment, Um, you know, but this last year obviously has been kind of thrown into chaos with that. So it's kind of like uh, sometimes whenever they show up, but that's fine. (laughs) We understand. I mean, it's nothing that we, it's nothing that we can control. Um, And I think a lot of golf shops have struggled with that this year too. Um, But, you know, usually it's a conversation about six months in advance, at least. Talking about like the next season or seasonal whatever we need to order. Right. Um, Talking about how much we need, you know, need to bring in or what exactly we want to want to do there.
0: How does a golf shop at a golf course, whether it's Rose City or you know Shinnecock Hills, I don't care which one. And how do you compete with your inventory, your balls, your clothing? How do you compete with the online? stores and then the other thing is clubs you know i've seen a change and and gary van sickle and i talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show you don't see a lot of pro shops carrying the vast assortment of clubs that they used to i think they used to send i think the club companies whoever you were aligned with used to send you uh samples Um, and some special pricing on demo sets. And then at the end of the year, they took them back. And that was kind of the old model on a lot of things. But now you can go to one of the um, kind of big box of the sporting goods stores. They have a golf division. They fit you there. I know that the club companies will come to individual courses and do fittings. But then that's always an order. That's not something you can just go grab something out of the back room and, and readjust it or uh, switch shaves or whatever and put that together. So how do you, how do, you do that? I mean, that, that really is a perplexing question to me.
2: Well, to kind of the first part of your question, I think with the competing with online things, you know, anyone who's been to the Rose City Pro Shop knows it's a pretty small shop. Sure. Uh, you know, We've got the essentials there. We've got golf balls. We've got tons of golf balls, tons of golf gloves, lots of shoes, um, lots of accessories, things like that. You know, back in the nineties, when my dad was just starting out different time, kind of because the internet was just kind of becoming a thing. Right. Um, You know, he, he had tons of clubs in that pro shop. Now we have a very limited supply. We'll have, I think the most, you know a type of club that will have it will have you know quite a few putters because a lot mm-hmm. of people like to come in and try out and go put on the green you know practice yeah. green out there and try it out like just have it in their hand um but you know that's really it we'll have some wedges we'll have some um some drivers some fairway woods some hybrids but we don't carry sets or anything like that i think the online market's just it's so hard to compete um, with no guarantee that you're actually going to sell those, right. you know, because a lot of people coming into, you know, coming into Rose city to play, they aren't thinking about buying a set of liners that day. Um, but you know, it could be one thing if they were looking for one specific club and, and, and sure. looking for, for one specific thing. Um, right. So, you know, it's kind of a balance, but you know, like I said, I mean, we have a very specific, um, you know, selection of things. It works for us. We've tried, we've expanded quite a bit, actually, the last couple of years of some of our selection. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people, when they come in, you know, either, yeah, they forget. They forget their golf shoes or they forget or they have no golf balls. One time right. I went to banded one time I went to banded dudes and I had no golf balls in my bag. And I was like, what am I doing? Um I own a golf know. course, you know. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I mean, you know, just to have those essentials because people are going to need them. Um yeah. but it is hard with online market, but that's just I mean that's part of part of the deal, you know.
0: I want to uh, follow up on that when we come back, Henry, because um, I, I've, my family was in the retail business, and I know people listen to the shows have heard me say that, but my family was in the retail business for 27 years or something, almost 30 years, and it it, it got to be tough to stay ahead. Uh, of course, they sold mostly clothing and, and and that, but they did sell some hard goods with it but it became very tough to to keep up with that. Um, We're going to take a break. I'm going to be back with my good friend, Henry Childs, who is the managing partner at Rose City Golf. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Henry right after this. Don't go away. Hey, it's JT. And this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, in the Golf News Network, and uh, KSEY in Wichita Falls, and, oh, KFAQ soon to be in Tulsa. we got a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Also, Ben Hogan Golf Tour to Quality Clubs at Factory Direct Prices. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Uh, oh, and I wanted to mention Birdie Ball, too. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff with birdie ball and you guys will be seeing it shortly in video. So, um, my good friend, John Breaker back there, uh, you know, that's birdie ball was rated that the most improved. How did they rate it? The best new golf practice, um, tool if you will in since the year 2000. So there you go. Um, when you talk about that, one thing I think that you guys can do uh, and you, I know you already do this cause I've been there a number of times now. When you talk about golf shoes, you can buy golf shoes online. And a lot of times you can get uh, the end of the run or last year's styles. And, you know, you can buy a certain foot joy for 59 bucks or whatever, but you're never really sure about how they fit. Mm-hmm. And I'm real fussy about my my shoes. I'm real fussy about a lot of stuff, if you know me. But I'm real fussy about that. And I would think that that's one of the things that where people can come in. And I've been in your shop. You can sit down comfortably. You can try on shoes, um, and do that and make sure they actually fit you. And, you know, it's great to get shoes delivered the next day off of Amazon or whatever. But then if they don't fit right, it's a pain in the butt to, even though they make it as easy as possible you still have to take some actions, but if you can try them on in a golf shop and walk around in there for a few minutes and say, yeah, they fit. I would think that would be one thing that the uh, online stores can't beat you at.
2: You're exactly right. You just said the exact thing that happens. Yeah. We get a lot of folks that come in wanting just to try on shoes because You know, it's like going into a, you know, to any clothing shop just wanting to try something on. Sure. um, Because ordering it online is sometimes a pain, and I I admit that I've ordered things online like um, clothes that did not fit, but I didn't return them. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was just ended up being a pain, Um, so I just bit the bullet with that. But um, you know, we do we do get a lot of folks that like to just try on shoes. Um, and you know, it works out well. And uh, right now we do have a pretty good selection of shoes before uh, next or 2022 uh, models come in here, probably within the next two months or so. So I'll I'll be out, check out some shoes, I'll be out (laughs) next week to see it. Yeah, (laughs) we can do that. Has the um.
0: I know how it is down here and I know how it is in other parts of the country, but I, if, if possible, I kind of stay away from the city of Portland as much as I can for obvious reasons. And it's a beautiful city. I'm not going to say that. I just don't like going into traffic anymore very much. You know, if it's go to the airport, that's cool. If it's coming home from the airport, it's even better. But other than that, I try to avoid, you know, the city, but has the COVID stuff kind of calmed down now enough to where nobody really worries about it when they come to the golf course? I mean, cause golf for a year and a half, there was the only, uh, sanctuary for people to really get outside and, and actually really do an activity.
2: Yeah, I would say to an extent, yes. Um, you know, I think it's still on the back of a lot of people's minds. Um, But I think when they come to the golf course, it's not at the forefront, you know, everyone's pretty relaxed when they come in there, um, you know, and check in and then get on the golf course. Um, It's not like, you know, right when COVID became a thing and, and, and those restrictions were um, you know, so stringent um, about, you know, playing with other people or right, sharing a cart, you know, all of those things um, are now, you know, fine and common. And it's, it's a little bit back to semi-normal, but you know, there's still a few things and you know, a few folks, I mean, we'll make special accommodations if they ask for it. Um, But um, you know, it's, we're moving forward uh, at this point.
0: What do you think we've learned from that? I mean, when this first started, (coughs) I know a um, couple of the clubs around here I play a lot at. They were actually putting drop-down plastic sheets mm-hmm. between the driver and the passenger in the golf carts. Yeah. And I think that we've, this just me. I don't want to get any cards and letters, folks. Um, That was really kind of silly. You know, unless you had really somebody hacking out Sneezes and coughing all the time. That they probably shouldn't have been out there anyway, if that was really happening. But point being, I think some of the stuff we did, we kind of overdid. I don't think the course management really wanted to at times, but to meet certain criteria of mandates and this, they probably had to do that. But overall, I think we probably learned that we we went to the ten yard line, and but really we only had to go to the twenty yard line. If you're going do a football analogy there. I want your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think especially just during the beginning, golf courses, a lot of them were just trying to make sure that people felt comfortable since we didn't really know as much as we know now. Right. And so I think that's why places, including us, went to those extreme measures at first to make sure that folks felt safe. Yes, you're right. The plastic in between probably didn't even... Uh, it's not like that was going to, uh, (laughs) to, um, have much protection anyways. Um, but you know, aside from those kinds of things, I mean, like one of the things that we did that we moved to when, um, you know, kind of at the beginning of all, all of this is we went from like seven to eight, seven or eight minute, um, uh, tea times to every 10 minutes. And that's been a lifesaver for us because it's, it's just helped with pace of play. Um, It has just been, it's been great. And, you know, we initially did that just so folks had a little bit more time spaced in between each other. Sure. Um, So they weren't all piled at the first tee at the same time. Um, And that's been great. We've stayed with that. Um, And it's been, it's been awesome because that just has helped so much with pace of play and just with just scheduling the day in general. Um, did, makes it did, much
0: Henry, in doing that, um if you figure uh, the, um hypothetically, you want to get you want to get them a, a you know a group out every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you added a couple minutes to it, um, well that would probably add up to a group and a half an hour that you didn't schedule out there, yeah. And so did that hurt the bottom line when you were first doing that, or did you make adjustments? And like you said, everything, um, I think it was better to give them a little more time just in general, COVID or not, because they could go out and, you know, that, you don't think about having an extra two minutes is a big deal, but it it is when you get out there and you start playing.
2: Totally. So I think, no, it did not hurt the bottom line because we had, we, I mean, our golf course was full all day, Right. <laughs> and it still, you know, um, to this day is, you know, we are busier than it has been in a very long time um, before when I started. Um, so I think uh, it didn't hurt the bottom line because we had so many more golfers, but also I think it created a better experience for the golfers that were out there because sure. there was not going to be the potential of a five-hour, eighteen-hole round. I mean, most rounds are just over four hours. Um, And that's pretty good, Um, you know, at a public municipal golf course where there's a lot of folks
0: on. Right. You know, my friend, Pat, who used to be in the media business, she loves to play uh, our little group or part of our little group played with her uh, about three weeks ago. And um, we weren't behind. We were right on schedule. When we finished, we did four hours and 10 minutes. Okay. I mean, that's solid, you know, for for 18, but there was a cranky guy behind us and I, he was up there, he was doing this, he was going, you know, and he's giving her a hard time. And she finally, you know, she's a veteran news person. So she's not going to take any crap off anybody. And I was so Mm -hmm. proud of her. She just said, if you're really having that big of a problem, either ask to play through or call the marshal. And she turned around and walked away Uh, because those guys never even got close to us. Not even prior to that, they never got close to us. So I was very proud Mm -hmm. of her. I don't know if the guy was having a bad day. It turned cold. He had shorts on. He was old. He had the rickets. I don't know what the hell his problem was, but whatever it was, she handled it. And I was very proud of her. So,
2: yeah, there's always going to be, you know, there's always going to be something like that that might happen There is a the chance of that might happen. But yeah, a lot of the times it's someone having a bad day, somebody having reason. a
0: bad day. Uh, we're going to make this a good day because we're going to take a break. And Henry and I, uh, Henry Childs, actually, from Rose City Golf. And I will be back here on Grilling at the Green right after this. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer and all our other affiliates. And we thank you for listening. Um, before we get back to Henry, my good friend Bruce Furman has got your
1: golf tip of the week for you right here. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. And today's tip, I'm going to talk a little bit on how to start your backswing. Uh, a lot of people ask me that, and there's different ways of, of doing it. But when you study swings, and I have a um, computer program, and I have uh, lots of tour pro swings that I've studied over the years, and a lot of them I, I film myself, believe it or not down at different tournaments. And when you look at it and you really study it closely, you'll see that most tour pros actually have a subtle move off the ball, meaning if you're right-handed, you're moving to the right. And believe it or not, when you look at it, you know, with a computer program, you'll see that they actually start that move a lot of times before they even move the club. So they they move the club with that subtle move to the right, and then the coil the turn begins as they move to the right and that left shoulder then will go under their chin behind the ball their back will be to the target they'll they'll put weight into their right leg 75 or so that right hip will go back and they'll they'll load up that right leg their left knee should go out toward the ball so when you start your swing that little subtle move to the right and then feel that coil into your back leg that'll help you get the club started in a in a tour pro Uh, way and and you'll play much better rather than just keeping your your body still and pulling the club back like a lot of people do that's not the best way to do it so i hope that helps you
0: thank you bruce we appreciate that you can find out uh more tips from bruce Furman by going back to some of the old shows we're actually going to compile them all and put them into some audio files that you can listen to them Bruce is the uh, director of instruction at Langdon farms, just South of Portland does a great job there. He's got a lot of great students. Um, and then he's got me, but I didn't notice I didn't put me in that great student thing. And just like I'm there. So anyway. Oh, spit my gum out. Uh, we're talking with Henry Childs. Who's one of the partner, the managing partner now Rose city in Portland. How would you describe Rose city? I think it's, It to me it's like a classic. When you look at the clubhouse and you look at the setting, then you look at all the trees, and yes, bring a lot of balls or make plan to stop by the clubhouse at at nine and buy a couple more sleeves because you might need them. But um, as in my case when I play there, but I, I think Road City is a real classic layout, and you know, with the housing and everything around it, it's very cool.
2: Yeah, I think if you're speaking just about the golf course itself, I think it can just be really uh, classified as a very classic traditional, uh, you know, a Pacific Northwest style golf course, yeah. you know, tree, tree lined. Um, you know, it's some, it's not extremely long, but it's, it has some long par fours. Um, you know, it's very green. You know, I mean, it's just, it, you know, there's a couple of dog legs, but it's pretty straightforward. There's some yeah. elevation changes, but it's pretty flat. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's a, it, the thing is, is it, it's a great course for every of those for like every single ability, because, you know, we hold tournaments where some of the best players in the area come and play. And yeah. some days it's hard to break par. Uh, and then, But then also we have, you know, folks coming out that are just beginning and they love it because we have, you know, they, they can play the forward tees to where, you know, it's a golf course that they can actually play and enjoy. Um, but I think it's just, I think, it, you know, the entire Rose city golf course itself is just kind of a community place because it is in a neighborhood right there in Northeast Portland. And um, there's a lot of people that live very close by that come and play, you know, a lot. Some every day. (laughs) And, you know, it's become a, you know, it's been a spot for for folks, you know, to come and hang out at as well um, for a lot lot of years.
0: One one of the things I liked about it, Henry, I still like about it is when I do manage to come up and see you is the fact that when you walk into the clubhouse, it's got a very friendly, low-key uh you know not people passed out in the corner with a gin bottle in their hand but it's just low-key <laughs> it's very casual and it's got this very warm personal feeling when you walk in there
2: well i appreciate that and that's what we strive to do you know yeah. when you said when you walk in we want to make it where whoever walks in no matter if you're a beginning golfer or you are the best amateur golfer in the pacific northwest sure you know, we want people to have a good time and feel comfortable we'll be back next week
0: uh, after hours is coming up if you're uh streaming the podcast of this show but we'll be back next week right here and until then remember uh have fun out there and be kind Take care, everybody.
1: Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.